0: My name's Richard, I will be your host for Tuesday or Wednesday or Monday or Thursday or Easter Sunday, depending on when you're listening, Uh, because after all it's your podcast. Um, A couple couple of weeks ago, the uh, extremely well-run technical marvel that was our chat with Tristan and Mark from Hollow Nothing Productions, and I promised, because of my inability to be able to organise um, a dice rolling in a dice rolling factory that they would be coming back on so ladies and gentlemen it is my honour to present to you distinguished guests Tristan Hall Hello. Mark and Mark Chaplin Yeah.
1: and the crowd goes bananas I
0: I'm doing that care with the frogs, you know the when he does the arm thing the gift <laughs> you see <laughs> Where he's just, like, going absolutely crazy. It's the Muppet Show! Um, I wish I could do that. Well, you got a up. couple of Muppets um, on tonight. That was pretty good. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, do you know what I mean? It's good to be dead again. <laughs> it's good to have them back again. It's good to be doing anything again. It's that kind of thing. Um, well done on the campaign, guys, because um, when I, I must admit, when you were on... Um, and I was questioning the abilities to be able to press record and stuff like that. I was kind <laughs> I, of a I, bit worried about what was going to happen with the campaign, but um it's going really, really well, isn't
1: it? Yeah, I'm I'm delighted with it. Um as we mentioned earlier, it's um it's beating the pants out of our first two campaigns for Gloom Kill and Ten Sixty Six Tears to Many Mothers. In in just a few days we mm-hmm. were um we're effectively past where they were after two weeks so um yeah statistically it's looking lovely we've got a really good crowd of people really positive comments and support from the backers and i think the quality of the game uh, shines through you know and, and people are sort of picking up on that and uh so yeah no it's been really fun it's been really great opening it's a uh, great continuing we've got loads of stuff coming up that we're releasing mark's done a load of designer videos and stuff uh, playthroughs and things so we've got loads of content to share yeah. out with the uh, with the crowd as as the weeks progress. So yeah, it's just it's just I always am really grateful to be involved with being able to put a creative project out there that people are happy yeah. to engage with and you know get excited about. Um, and this is one that you know I'm as excited about as anybody is. You know, bringing it to to life. Uh, and I'm sure, I'm, I'm pretty sure Mark's chuffed with you know getting this years of development that he's put into the game finally sort of paying off as well and, you know, having it come to the real world sort of thing.
0: I mean, Mark, what was your thoughts on it? I mean, when you, obviously, when Tristan pressed the the go button on the campaign, did you stay on the campaign to see what the first kind of um, couple of hours were on or did you just kind of leave it alone and say, I'll come back later on? Or frantically... (laughs) Frantically pressing F5 every couple of minutes, come going, Come on! <laughs> come,
2: <laughs> come on! That sounds like everyone else I know. No, I was at work, so it was hell actually. I, I sat and watched the first um, five minutes, and it, yeah. it had got off to a pretty grand start. But after that, I, I, I couldn't check it that often, I was just busy. But um, um, I finished work about Uh, two-ish and it wasn't it wasn't that much longer after that it was about half past four i think when it funded um you know reached the um the threshold so that was quite satisfying you know that we did it in the first day so um i mean you've got to dial your expectations um uh, correctly you know so that you don't um you know when it we, we didn't we don't know how you know it's a long haul, isn't it um thirty two days I think it was, and so um, um you know it's it just it, it's a it's a wild ride isn't it so it was a um, complete mess of if that's what you're trying <laughs> to get to a complete mess of um responses and emotions I didn't know quite which should be the one that rose up you know excitement, dread, stress um you know at everything all simultaneously it was a bit of a hot mess on um, on the starting day.
0: Did you think oh this um, this uh this Kickstarter malarkey, it's um it's easy. No,
2: <laughs> no I didn't think that. I still don't think uh... <laughs> I'll
0: do i f I'll do like five of these. I'll do oh, no. uh, I
1: just, <laughs> just like God, I don't no. know what
0: everybody's talking about. I mean I just pressed the button and like eight hours later it was funded. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> <all> the, <laughs> I don't know what all the fuss is about. Social media, uh, whatever. Go back to licking some toads now. <laughs> kind of always fun. Always fun. As long as as well as uh, free diving over great white sharks as well, which is always <laughs> Always a good something thing. Something well. I wouldn't recommend. No. Not always. Not always. Especially not if you're wearing some kind of big meat jacket or something. But um okay, I mean this obviously now puts you in the position where um You're now in the situation where you're planning (laughs) stretch goals and potential additions to the campaign. So in terms of that, um, I mean, um, where are you with that? Is that already planned? Are you just sitting there going, ha-ha, bring it on because I am organised. Are you sitting there going, why am I doing a French accent when I need to be designing French stretch goals? (laughs) That's a French accent?
1: (laughs) Mark is locked in a room and I basically every five minutes whip him and say, more stretch goals, more!
0: (laughs) I take it so he's not getting a financial reward then, you're just...
1: (laughs) It's just fear of punishment. (laughs) Uh, No, we we set out with a plan of what the game would contain um, and Mark had outlined that originally. So I told him to quote me for everything um, that, we, that we absolutely needed, you know, for, for the game to work and everything. Um, and then a few other things sort of came up where um, as development went on, um, Mark, ever enthusiastic, was like, what about this? We could add this in. Oh, and, and I had this really cool idea about this and, and all these other things. And I was like, well, we've, we've quoted and, you know, we've, we've kind of got the financials fixed for X number of components. So let's see if we can squeeze those in later. Um, but we did have a discussion yeah. backwards and forwards about things like um, the crew. So in the narrative of the game, the um, the nine crew members awaken or, or come out of cry asleep or whatever the, the situation is at at the start of the game, a, a, a number of the crew are dead. And Mark had already said that there was, there was a dozen sort of people had set off on this original mining ship. And we had nine characters and I was like, well, clearly then we need the other three. So that was um, that was yeah. sort of an early development, and, and we kind of knew that they were going to be uh, a staggered release in terms of stretch goals, if you know, if and when we funded. Um, but the other stuff, Mark has been sort of coming up with uh, over the past few months and stuff, and, and they're fairly easy to just integrate into the main game. So um, we're just making sure that we don't overstretch ourselves, you know, from a production point of view, and making sure that mm. they're all, you know, they're, they're all going to work as soon as we go out to the printers, which is, it's going to happen now. You know, now that it's funded, we have to, we know that it's going to go into development, it's going to go to the printers and everything else, so that we know we know we also have a cap on how many things we can offer. So yeah, um, in yeah. terms of the, the Kickstarter project itself, I'm running it exactly like the last ones, in that we have a set amount of content that we can include that we'd love to hit, um, but we're only going to include it as and when, you know, we do hit our milestones and at the moment um, the backers have been smashing through them we're, you know we're already over 35 grand so we've been able to unlock a bunch yeah. already um, and a bunch of really cool yeah. ones like a new character, we've, we've had a new character already so so yeah, no it's exciting to be able to sort of make the game bigger than it is but also not stretch the system too much so everything that um, we are going to put in is something that you can just shuffle into the existing components, you know extra cards, extra characters um, and yeah cards things
0: like that so is it coming down to like component quantity quality then is that i mean is are you looking at that over kind of adding in are you balancing up adding that in with the content because i think one of the discussions that seems to be cropping up more and more is that um extra cards extra story extra scenarios are all easy to do because they're basically, you're producing stuff on cards and pieces of paper. But then um, if people are starting to look at things like plasticky stuff, you know, if people are looking at, you know, plasticky first player tokens and stuff like that, that's when that can really, really ramp the cost up quite considerably. Yeah. And it can start to eat into kind of like your profit margin uh, because, because you've obviously done 1066 um <clears throat> and you've also done Gloom of Killforth and you're in that production process just now has that kind of given you a better overview to say to actually mark bring us all the content i can eat but we have to maybe keep an eye on the component side of things if we're going to you know if if this is going to continue to go we have to look at kind of maybe edible content <laughs> as opposed to fancy stuff
1: yeah you know no I mean. it's um from my point of view uh, you know Bring it on! As much as much creative content as we can get is is a better situation to be in. Because say if we if we hit the the limit, the upper limit that I have of uh, the kind of stuff that we can crowbar into the base game, and the stuff that Mark's designing is still adding value. And, and of course it will because you know he's a, he's a genius designer. But um, anything extra that he comes up with that we can't crowbar into the the base game box, we can always parcel off into an expansion if necessary. And um, you know and and breathe more life into the project as time goes on so there's no there's no sort of there are no bad ideas I mean you know if there were genuinely bad ideas we, we wouldn't use them but all of the stuff that um, Mark's come up with so far is to add variability replayability and, and extra value to the campaign in terms of component quality, one of the things that I've kind of saddled myself with from the outset is the same with gloom and killforth um it just had to be the highest quality it could be, so we wanted. Uh, the best manufacturers, the best ivory core cards, you know, really solid, thick uh, cardboard tokens and all yeah. the stuff that I want in a game. You always know when you open a game, even some of, some games that I really enjoy, you open them, you take the cards out or whatever. And you can see where they've cut corners and you can see where the cardstock's too fl- flimsy or thin um, or the tokens themselves are too small, you know. I don't want to give examples because it feels like I'm dissing on other games, but there's a bunch of games that have arrived recently, even, where you'd think that people had already sort of realised they can't get away with stuff like that, where, you know, one a particularly high-profile game zombie, featuring zombies that I received recently had the teeny-tiniest yeah. um, tokens that you've ever seen. It was like a joke. It was like the manufacturer's. Had got a decimal point in the wrong place, and I was like, "You have to be kidding me!" You know. So, from from my point of view, to, for us to ever release a game, there's always going to be a bare minimum component quality. It has to be whatever you think of the gameplay or anything else. When you open the box, you go, "Cool," you know. All of this stuff is good. It's good, high quality components because I think that's you know that's the impression that I want to have when I'm buying a game. And um, so that's yeah. an absolute minimum for me. So when we put something like we did the first stretch goal was ivory core cards. And I think, from my point of view, I don't think it was ever going to be in doubt that they wouldn't have been that, but I just wanted to make sure that we had it covered off, you know, and that people know if they're buying a Hall of nothing productions game, they're going to get that seal of quality. And so, yeah, I mean, that that's crucial for me. In terms of adding upgrades and stuff, um, there would be a limit on that because by its nature, the components that we're going to provide are going to be perfect for playing the game with. So if you're looking for like a, you know, a plastic miniature alien or something like that, that's probably very unlikely to happen in one of our campaigns because yeah. what you'll get with yeah. the standees is going to be perfect, you know, for, for this game. So, um, yeah, so we're, we're, we're sticking to the limits of what we've got and where we're heading with, in terms of the stretch goals and the financials and everything. But in terms of creativity, you know, um, if Mark keeps coming up with stuff, we'll, we'll find a way to fit it in, If even if not in this campaign, you know, maybe further down the line.
0: Mm mm-hmm. I mean, um how have you found Mark how have you found dealing with um the third member of the team as in the community on Kickstarter because I'm I'm obviously I'm reading through the I've read through the comments because I like to do my research before I speak to anybody that I bring on the show but I notice you've been um, fairly active in the Kickstarter kind of community um the comment section kind of jumping in and and kind of replying to questions and stuff like that. Do
2: you think that's a good idea, or...?
0: I think that's a fantastic idea, and you'll get an absolutely amazing amount of kudos from people for actually just jumping in and doing that. I mean, has it given you... I mean, replying to some of the questions that have been up there, has it given you, like, um, some ideas for maybe expansions or... Have you maybe gone back and think actually we maybe maybe we need to tweak this slightly? I mean, is it is how how useful for you has it been to have kind of you know, you know these several kind of, um, you know these several hundred voices, you know seven almost eight hundred people yeah. with a potential to kind of chip in on on what you've produced.
2: Well, I wasn't sure. Obviously, it being the first campaign I've been involved in, I've backed a few things. I don't yeah. normally I don't normally go on to. Um, the comments section, because uh, you know, Cause some I, of them are yeah. like a hornet's nest, and I was a bit worried whether if I went on there, I might stir things up. But actually, they seem like a pretty good bunch, and so, um, um, like you say, I, I, I it, it, it you know, it's um, if they if they find it, it uh, a useful thing to do, then, um, then then I'm all for doing it. Mainly because I've just not seen an awful lot of that. Um, you know, when when I have perused anything. There just hasn't been that much involvement. You know, you have to wait way through tons before you see anybody's reply. That I mean, that was one of the things that I always thought was great about Tristan's um, earlier campaigns. So I thought they really um, went above and beyond the call of duty. But, yeah. um, uh, but, but as to whether it's of any um, use, I, I, it, so far people have been talking about an expansion, you know... A, 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 what do you call it, a thought experiment expansion that doesn't exist yeah. and um, yeah, I mean a couple of the ideas on there seem really actually quite good um, um, so so yes, but as to changing anything in the main game, that's pretty much locked, I wouldn't yeah. I'm, um, I'm not going to future-proof myself now by saying well, if somebody said something and I was like oh my god, you know, have an epiphany, <laughs> epiphany moment, why didn't I think of that I mean, somebody may do but um, yeah. Um, uh, so far, you know, I, I find play, people actually playing the game. It's very easy to read the rules or even watch a playthrough and get a skewed perspective on something, either for good yeah. or bad. And then when they play it, the problems they thought they had, they don't actually have. I mean, we've all done that. I've watched something and then been forced to play it by friends, and thought, "Oh, yeah, so I actually quite like this." But I, you know, but my, um, you know, my biases beforehand um, told me otherwise, and. People might find that um, with with our Kickstarter campaign, I, I've, I've noticed. Um, I, I, you always know with a heavy theme game that theme questions will always come up because there's um, uh you know to connect the theme to the game requires some abstraction, doesn't it? Unless you've got tons of rules that cover everything, you've always got to have some sort of simplification, and in that process, will come the nerd. Questions that we know and love—the kind of questions yeah. that I would ask or scratch my head over. You know, why are we doing this? Why would the alien do that? Can the alien do this? Has the alien got magic powers? And and I've noticed there's a Reddit thread on asking similar questions. Not that I'm on Reddit, but I had a look anyway. That's the power of search engines and things pop up, and you think, mm, you know, scratch your head. So. um uh, I try to answer those, and in fact, in one of the early drafts of the script, we had uh, the script, the um, rules. We had um, yeah. a theme Q and A, which I quite liked. But whether it makes the final cut of the rules yet is yet to be seen, depending on the page count, I guess, and how many illustrations are finally squeezed into it, um, which. Um, I've don't think I've ever seen in a game. I just wanted people to know that I'd thought about these things beforehand. But as it happens, the questions that have come up are different ones that were in the uh, the theme FAQ in the book. So um, you know, it's, it's a strange old. Th- I'm, I'm waiting for one of my pre-answers to come up and just go, "Ha! Ah! I've already thought of that one." But no, they've, <laughs> they've, they've come go- up with other ones.
0: Copy and paste it. So um, j- do you feel under pressure to kind of be monitoring? the comments then when you've got free time to kind of jump in and answer kind of questions are you having to kind of be quite disciplined with yourself and say okay let's um give ourselves a couple hours every night or you just kind of currently just going right okay i need to go back and answer that question or i'll leave that for later on or that's already been answered before
2: Mm. I guess it's a continuum and I'm somewhere between the two points that you described. I don't really know. Yeah. I don't, um, you know, I don't see it and then think oh, I've got to, respond. there's not been one thing I thought I must respond to respond to this now. Um, hmm. And if there was something that wound me up, I'd probably not answer it for a few hours and might have a better, you know, a more nuanced approach later on, but I can't think of anything so far that has made me annoyed. So, um, mm-hmm. I've not answered, as you've seen, I've not answered everything because some of it is in, um, Tristan's wheelhouse and, um, you know, when it's not regarding the rules or I just wonder whether, what more would be gained answering the same question in a different, how many different ways can I <laughs> answer the same rule, yeah. rules question? Um, cause there's going to be some people, you know, that no matter how you phrase something or demonstrate it, they're just not going to like the answer they get anyway. So, um. Uh, the, the only way properly to demonstrate some of these things would be for them to play it, but um, that sounds a bit like a cop out. Written text should, you know, should solve, make, counterspell all their, um, uh, you know, um, thoughts and queries, but that, that's not the way it works
0: in real life. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess one of the things I've noticed is there are, there do seem to be some people who are taking to the Board Game Geek kind of pages and actually posting up kind of their thoughts and stuff like that as well. I guess that's one of the, the one of the um, terrible, well, one of the, the kind of the, the things that maybe doesn't work about Kickstarter is that it's it's almost impossible to follow a, tre- a thread of a conversation, a kind of a train of thought yeah. between, say, like a conversation between you, because all it takes is if you if you're not back on the boards for a couple of hours, then somebody could be saying, oh, could somebody answer this question because I'm just about to back kind of thing. And then it's like, oh, I can't admit, I, nobody answering my question. Okay, bye then kind of thing. I'm just going to, but um, it's it's almost like you've got the your FAQ on the Kickstarter is to say, well, this is, you know, here's the general kind of questions. Um, the knowledge base almost needs to be kind of off the campaign and off on BGG. And as I say, it looks like you've got some cracking support there from some of the guys who seem to have become your little group of champions and actually taking <laughs> some of the information and depositing uh, depositing it on kind of like um, yeah. on Board Game Geek itself, which seems to be um, which seems to be quite cool.
2: They seem to be Tristan's champions. He's he's brought them along with him. <laughs> Like a school of gladiators from his previous campaigns, isn't it? It's rather, rather great, isn't it?
0: Is it? I mean, is it kind of strange? I guess having a group of people that you kind of don't know if you pass them in the street, kind of being quite supportive and questioning and, you know, kind of helpful and everything like that. You know, kind of is that is that kind of like a weird situation to be in? because you hear a lot of people talk about kind of like oh you know forums they can be a terrible mess comment sections or oh, they're toxic and should be banned but the Kickstarter I mean what you've got is you seem to have a nice little group of people who are not only wanting to jump in and help the campaign succeed but also seem to be quite happy to ask you know answer other people's questions yeah
2: that's terrific isn't it I, I don't know how how um, that compares to to other campaigns where Obviously, some of them are complete, like you said, they're like the um, YouTube uh, comments section. They're just complete um, hornet's nests. But uh, yeah. ours is the total opposite of that so far. So um, We've been trying, really lucky, yes, I They're think. amazing, aren't
1: they? Yeah, over the, the last few campaigns, we, we've kind of uh, been lucky enough to cultivate a community that is really positive and responds really well to... Um, well, gives us great feedback and allows us to feedback back to them and people we just get along with and have similar tastes to. You know, this game is based on um, a movie, a certain movie, and there's lots of inspirations from science fiction and horror and stuff like that. Yeah. So all the the crowd that we've gathered are of a similar ilk, you know, and they all want similar things to us. Um, and more than anything over the last, I mean, this is the fourth Kickstarter for, from my point of view now, um, all of the groups that we've had have been kind of a laugh, you know, like a, a good crowd. Like, and, and when I meet them in person at conventions and stuff like that, they're just people you can that are really easy to get along with. And I think that's reflected in the comments section where you do have a lot of really supportive chit-chat and, and banter and just talking about movies and whatever else, but also about the game. And um, I know you guys have mentioned the, the YouTube comments sections and they can get a bit crazy, but in... In our experience of Kickstarter so far, we've been really lucky to have such great crowds, and Lifeforms no exception. We've got uh, brilliant backers, and we're dead, we're dead lucky and happy to have that. You know, it's a great situation to be in.
0: Are you recognising some of the names that you've seen from other campaigns, Tristan? Are the same kind of
1: definitely, yeah, yeah, and and yeah. they race each other to be the first to to back, you know, and stuff like that. So um, they're kind of becoming. Um, champions you know almost like brand champions for us which is fantastic because um those guys are worth the weight in gold because if if you the way that kickstarters grow organically you know you, you have your set amount of funding you can put into advertising and marketing and whatever else but what yeah. we rely yeah. on as a sm- as a very small company is um is word of mouth that's what got us funded in the first kickstarter and it's what's worked ever since because there's that old ed age that if you tell seven people, then they tell seven people and they tell some people. And that's kind of how the word spreads. So if you can get um, a, a, even a small group of champions who are willing to shout about you on social media or uh, review the game or or talk about it in any form and share images or even just, you know, jokes and stuff. Like on the Kickstarter page, we've got, uh, we've got guys who are sharing like spoof stories about aliens and stuff like that and and they just keep mm. the the keep the the idea and the project in the zeitgeist and they keep it alive and they keep breathing air into it and the people who come and thumb stuff that we do on board game geek and things like that those guys are invaluable because they're they're the ones who make it happen and they're the ones who tell their friends and they're the, you know there's there's still people who come up to me now and go Wow, well, I've only just found out about Gloom and Killforth. You know, and from my point of view, it's like, wow, that's crazy. Everything I've been doing for years has been to try and bring attention to this game. But of course, we only have this tiny little echo chamber and outside of that, um, nobody knows about it. So the, there's no sort of lid on how big these games can get if you if, if you manage to get the right community together, to share it in the right places, you know. And, and that's why we were able to go from naught to hundreds of backers within, you know, a, a matter of hours. So, um, yeah, it's definitely... Does that, Sorry, go on.
0: Does, I was going to say, does that put you in a comfortable place? I mean, do you have to worry about then not being overconfident when you're looking at the next kind of campaign? Because I've seen... You, know, I've you rest seen on your laurels, campaigns. sort of thing. Yeah, I kind of, like, knowing, OK, I'll I'll be able to put out the next game without too much worry, because I know at least, you know, I've got 200 backers kind of kind of sitting there. You seem to be... You seem to be very, very attentive, I guess, is what, I guess, I I, I don't see a kind of a, a kind of a, the game's funded, oh, you might not see us for like six weeks because we're going (laughs) away (laughs) and doing stuff. But you still seem to be a kind of a, you know, there still seems to be, there's always things going on in the Facebook groups and stuff like that where you're kind of popping up and saying, even it's not production, but it's just saying, right, guys, this is what we're doing, here's some ideas. The Lifeform Group had a mind of its own before the campaign was kind of even ready to go. There was people kind of getting excited and and kind of getting ideas I- ideas together. Um, are you? I mean, is keeping the community going is that almost like an additional kind of thing that you have to kind of concentrate on in order to be successful? Well, I, because, um,
1: I think that's it's the first and foremost thing really. Because without the community, the game wouldn't happen. You know, we don't. We're not in a position yet where we can go straight to the printers and run off, you know, X thousand copies and just have them sell. We 100% rely and are fed by our communities, you know, and so how we build them is crucial to me. So from from my point of view on a daily basis, I, I did mention this as well earlier, I think that I, I never take any of it for granted. You know, at any moment, any of this could, could stop, you know, if Kickstarter stops or whatever. So I think every day that we have this ability to share creative projects that people are willing to get behind and and put their money behind is a brilliant day. And I'm I'm extremely grateful for that. But I think one of the only ways you can demonstrate that gratitude to backers is by giving them the best possible service you can. And from my point of view, for example, answering every single comment on the comment section on the Kickstarter is the minimum that I can do. If we're ever in a lucky enough position to not be able to do that from a logistic point of view, then fantastic. That means we've, we've grown so much. But at this stage, you know, whilst our community is still relatively small, but still big enough to handle large print runs, um, then yeah, I'm going to do everything I can to keep everyone informed at every step of the process. Because, you know, bear in mind, I've backed hundreds of Kickstarters myself and I want the best possible service from those guys. And so I've learned from those guys as well, you know, the, the mistakes that some of them have made, the great things that a lot of them are doing. And I sort of try and pick and choose the best things that other people are doing and, and try to emulate those guys so um yeah so staying on top of the comments and, and being reactive to backer messages and emails is um you know a huge priority for me
0: has it made you then look on other kickstarters with the like slightly different eyes and you just you end up in the situation kind of where you're um you can get slightly frustrated with the way you see kind of other campaigns being run and say basically listen, if you gave me this for like three days, I could sort you Just give me the campaign. Or do you kind of feel well, or are you kind of sitting there going, shh,
1: what are you doing? <laughs> That's an interesting question, actually, because there was um, one of the earliest Kickstarters I backed. I remember posting like a really um, snarky or reactive comment about it. And I felt guilty about it for days afterwards. And of course, now being a creator, you know, look back on that, and I'm just like, oh my god, what was I doing? And it was it was slagging off the creators for the way that they were running the campaign, without any sort of real concept of the stress that it can it can inflict on people, on creators of, of projects. So I think if any if it has changed my mindset about other kickstarters uh, at all, then probably the most the biggest change would be for me from only from my point of view. I'm not saying that all backers should do this, but to be more forgiving. Of other creators and the mistakes that they make, because I can, I can certainly recognise some happening earlier that I wouldn't have been able to, to without experience. Um, and I've seen other projects tank and go under, you know, when they're not able to fulfil. And yeah. Yeah. my heart really goes out to them because I don't think. I don't think anybody is in like the board game design route on Kickstarter to rip people off. You know, I I think there's a misconception that perhaps some companies are. I think mostly at the end of the day, if you, if you drill down deeply, the guy who's come up with the idea for the game wanted to make something creative and to have it happen. And if it failed, then usually it might be due to poor planning or whatever. But I don't think it's ever a case of, you know, some guys in... Um, Black and white striped tops with swag bags, going yeah, let's rip off gamers, you know, and so um, so uh, you know. There's there's one there's one guy who's being pilloried on on the forums from his Kickstarter, but he, he refuses to update, you know, and he won't even send out a message saying, you know, look guys, I really mishandled this, and and this is where you, you know we need to be at. This is the thing I need to do uh, to to get it working again. Um, And my, you know, my heart goes out to him. It's a terrible situation to be in, you know, because at the end of the day, he has taken quite a big chunk of money and either mishandled it or whatever. So I I don't know. It is a tricky one. And I know at the end of the day, that that shouldn't happen. If people do pledge on Kickstarter now, I think we're way past the days where you can say you're back in an idea because people uh, believe they're back in a product now. And I think you have to come to Kickstarter prepared with that product and you have to be ready yeah. to go at the end of it with the budget that you have and and if you can't make that work you should cancel the project before it funds because uh, otherwise you yeah. get into all kinds of trouble yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah no i have seen that i've seen kind of people kind of relaunch with very very low budgets and i'm wondering it's kind of like um you better hope this doesn't fund because I think you're going to be in, in trouble, in a kind of potentially in a spot of bother here. Yeah, because if you have to make up that um, difference
1: yourself, you need to have a big fund. You know, for example, shipping is not something to be sniffed at at all. You know, that is a huge thing. And we've seen gigantic projects suffer by not planning for those in advance. And, you know, when, when I see, I, I don't know which one you're thinking of, but there's a couple recently that have gone on and they have these incredibly low Uh, funding goals and like you say it's like what are you going to do with that if it funds Uh, I'm genuinely curious because um, that you know that would put you in a direct financial hot water sort of situation I mean
0: I've I've seen yeah I mean I've seen ones for like um, um, card games and stuff like that I mean and I know that there's some guys that have they got very close to funding last time and then they just said, I'll tell you what, we need to come back because there's certain things that we need to look at. And they took on feedback and they said, well, basically, the only way that we're really going to kind of move this forward is by taking that feedback on board, going away, having a think about it, potentially renegotiating a a lot of things that they had kind of planned out before and then coming back kind of bigger and kind of stronger, which is kind of fair enough. I kind of worry, I do worry about some who are saying, yeah, we've cut our kind of our budget or funding goal in half and I'm kinda of like mate that's <laughs> that could be that could be mm, mm, maybe but we'll see. But then again it is the competition that is Kickstarter out there. Yeah and you you I mean I would say like say I'd put you I think Frank West um uh, C- uh Caesar Aljazar, um guys like Edo Baraf, you know those guys you're not Kind of when you launch a uh, Andrew Burkett, um, lovely Andrew, who did Supernatural socks, which is fantastic. Um, but you're kind of you guys are established now, so that you seem to be in this situation where you're liked, you're respected, you have a good community, but you're not going to be at going out and saying right, we need we need 70 grand in order to make this work. Kind of, You, you sometimes end with like 70 grand, 80 grand because you've kind of run a, a really, really good campaign. And then there seems to be the big guys at the top and then there seems to be the guys at the bottom who are kind of starting out for the first time. And what I'm seeing more and more, and I don't know if you've seen this, I've seen a lot of guys, first time, they're not getting there. Yeah. And then they're coming back and they are getting there. But that's because it's like, you don't learn how to eat an elephant until you start to eat an elephant. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it,
1: you know it's hard, and if if those guys are coming back and they've learned that you know they've learned from their initial Kickstarter, then I think that's probably that almost puts you in advantage because the people who did turn up the first time around still want to see that project get made. So you've got that pre established community. They know that you're responding to feedback. And as long as you're not, you know, going outside of your projections or going into a risky financial territory, that's probably actually a really mm. good approach. And I imagine, you know, and well, I know now looking at Kickstarter, it is incredibly difficult to get funded and especially really difficult for people who are starting out the first time and don't have that established audience because where, you know, where do you start building it? Um, but yeah it does there's there's two camps there there's the guys who learn from it and come back and are better prepared and have better expectations of how much they're going to fund by and what they can afford to do with that money and then i think there's perhaps another side who aren't as prepared and are maybe chancing it and maybe you know want that dream more than anything i've heard horror stories about people investing their own money you know to to get the kickstarter over the funding line which i think is really dangerous territory because then you fall on gambling you know almost um are they are they
0: backing it themselves or you mean
1: yeah or getting family members (laughs) to to push it over the you know over the finish line and stuff which um...
0: i think i see yeah i think you see this sometimes when you see um i've seen ones on occasion where it's kind of like have your kind of like your special edition and pay kind of like 250 500 quid a thousand (laughs) a $1,500 Fifteen hundred dollars for this extra special shiny, shiny edition that gets you up in the morning, makes you a cup of coffee and a bacon sandwich kind of one, and you're kind of like, you see that? Kind Stay of at the house of the designer this, and meet
1: the family for a week.
0: Exactly. And, and 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 could you bring back? Um, could you bring back my slippers, Mum? Because uh, I think I left them in your house last time <laughs> I was around Thanks, kind of thing. But I mean, you know, kind of each their own. Um Mark what what has it is it been is it been quite cool kind of meeting the people that are going to play your game before they kind of play the game I mean cuz traditionally you were putting stuff out there that I was guessing the amount of kind of potential player interaction maybe wasn't as high as it is now and essentially you're getting people that haven't even played the product but you're kind of meeting them and you're learning about them and you're finding out kind of what they're like is that kind of a is that a bit of a kind of a strange situation to be in? Almost like a bit culture shocky.
2: You mean just in regards to the Kickstarter? You mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: it is strange. As I said, I'm still. Um, uh, I'm. I feel like I'm being pulled in all sorts of directions. and not quite sure. You know, it's it's undiscovered uh, terrain. I, I don't really know how I'm how I'm supposed to supposed to feel. Though obviously exc- excitement is um, certainly high on the list. I don't, it's not as it hasn't been as much fun as people play testing the game, you know. Um, when I've gone to events or you know to people's um, uh, shops, you know, bricks and mortar stores and stuff, um, it's just you know that that whole uh, people are in, right in front of you and you're interacting with them is much more fun than um, than obviously over the internet. But people's positive response to it, either on the forums for Board Game Geek or other game forums or you know in the talk talk back area of uh, Kickstarter yes yeah, it's been very encouraging and you know pleasantly surprised by how non like the um, shadows of brimstone um, uh, <laughs> comment section it is etc so uh, mm-hmm. yeah I haven't really got any more thoughts on it any great uh, I I'm just yeah I'm, 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 I'm excited by it and you know it's um, it's it's been an interesting it's been an interesting ride. That we're, which really we're only we're still at the beginning of actually, aren't we? So uh,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, were you kind of um, were you dubious at the beginning? What of using or Kickstarter you... or yeah, yeah. Well, m-
2: m- the thing is, it seems like such a massively um, crowded market now. You know, in a good way for consumers. You know, it's a, a cornucopia of riches and embarrassment. Really, there's so many games now compared to well. Every, any year before now um you know the further back you go it's like an exponential curve of games and it I, I almost at the point now of thinking that you need the signal boost of kickstarter unless you've got a massive ip behind you and even then kickstarter obviously bolted on um helps as well a lot of really great games just sort of disappear between the cracks as i'm you know I, i'm sure you've um, Play played some of them or that, and so I think you almost have to go to Kickstarter. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's a signal boost that you need, you know, from a marketing point of view. It's indispensable, isn't it? It rides you up the hotness on um, on on board game geek, you know, the, and uh, you you get you know all the hits and um, the torrent of interest that pours onto it when one of those starts. It's very difficult to generate that by other means and the normal you know a traditional publisher release would you know find difficulty in getting traction Um, so you know the other games I've had released have been um, through traditional publishers and you know some of those don't actually like Kickstarter some do Um, but they do you know some of their great games and you know it's, it's almost you know if you looked at the signal that was coming out when they were released. It was barely a blip. Nobody notices them. There's just... You know, unless the game's Batman or, like you mentioned earlier, um, Pacific Rim, it doesn't even matter. Sometimes Mm. it doesn't even matter if the game's any good because it's got the... You know, that's the power of the IP, isn't it? If you stick Star Wars or Lord of the Rings onto the game, you've got an evergreen franchise that immediately everybody's ears perk up, really, unless you absolutely hate something like Star Trek or that. So... um... (laughs) <laughs> but you know when you were talking about how campaigns to be managed it'd be really interesting to see how Tristan would manage a campaign that had a you know an established IP because obviously that would be it would provide um, a massive jump in attention and um, you know uh, it, it you know it would be a great it would be great um, you know we don't know what the future holds so uh,
0: yeah. I think what would be interesting with that is you'd get people that would come in with preconceived kind of conceptions about a game, conceptions or misconceptions about how they would like to see kind of their board game um, appear on Kickstarter. Yeah, everyone has their own idea,
1: don't they, about IPs. Like, oh, well, if if this is Star Wars, it has to have this or, you know, because everybody has their own experience of it. So they would be coming to it with those expectations.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was talking about Batman with um, Mike Barnes, um, and it was basically a case of we'd like, kind of like, we mentioned this both, I think we'd like a Batman game, but we'd like a detective Batman game. Where you're actually trying to solve
1: crimes rather than just beat up bad guys.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. it's like, in all all fairness. Yeah, I know, but it's kind of like, as a case, as we joked aside, it was like, in all fairness, we'd probably prefer to have something like Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective... As opposed to another kind of I don't know. Yeah. It's like I just in case, you know, you don't want to end up in annoying people, but you know, you're re skinning Conan with Batman. Yeah and there's a there's a I think it was there was a there was a cut there was, a, there was a, a famous Batman comic. I think it was uh, right after um Jason Todd died and just before Tim Drake turned turned up And Two-Face was the main protagonist and Batman was saying he had to start thinking with his, stop thinking with his fists, because he was just going about beating the pulp out of everybody to get the answers, (laughs) rather than actually being a detective. And I thought, I've not seen a greater kind of (laughs) kind of description of potentially what the 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 kind of the, the current kind of Kickstarter is, and that's maybe a terrible thing. People can say, "No, it sounds fantastic." Listen, it looks fantastic. It looks amazing. It's funded extremely well, and God bless them all for doing so well with that campaign. But it's not my Batman game, <laughs> <laughs> you know, which is an unfortunate thing. Yeah, but that's you know that is one of those things. Um, obviously, going back to the community, going back to the comments and comments, and you know comments and questions are all about tone is there? i mean there's gonna be um backers who are going to potentially hopefully maybe please listen to this love us um (laughs) but have you got subscribe uh, (laughs) like us yeah exactly don't give us 10 stars um but as i say is there um is there is there any messages i mean anything you'd like to kind of make the backers aware that you'd like to you know Kind of put out there, or is there anything you'd like to say to anybody that's maybe sitting on the fence at all? Um, I guess it's Tristan, you know, is there anything you'd like to maybe help spread the word out, or get the message about Yeah, it? I think
1: um you, you mentioned before, or oh, you sort of in different words phrased this thing about um do do we perhaps rest on our laurels a little bit if we're already funded you know, and we've got other games funded and stuff, I would say um, the biggest thing that we need to continue the signal boost is for people to talk about the game and to share and you know and keep commenting and keep uh, active in the forums and keep feeding back to us. Um, we do respond to everything, and everything that we can do, we will do. So, for example, lots of people have asked about the solo play. Well, Mark's now done a, a solo playthrough video. Uh, people are asking for the rule book, which we wanted to have online um, before we went live, but as it happens, our graphic designers' holidays... Uh, timed up quite badly but we'll have that online um before the end of the campaign as well. Um and even other stuff like somebody suggested we change the layout of the stretch goals to show the components rather than just like you know um an explosion saying that we'd hit this stretch goal which is a great idea so we just implemented it as you know straight away. So you know we, we respond to as much feedback as we can and in return we just ask that you know our backers share as much as possible and even if you think your voice or vote doesn't count, it does because um, we've we've lost out on the top spot in certain competitions on Board Game Geek and things like that by literally one or two votes. So every time that we share anything that we yeah. need, you know, a retweet or a, a Facebook like or share or anything like that, um, if you think for one second retweeting it again won't help. You're wrong. It really will, and it really does make a difference. Because if if you if somebody sees it in your Facebook feed once or twice, you know they might ignore it. If they see it three or four times, it brings it to their attention, and then after that, five or six times, they're going to click through. Knew they're going to see. <laughs> <What's that? laughs>
0: No, I just, I block trust him. It,
1: it, do, it, it doesn't know. Dear backers, please yeah. don't block us. <laughs> but, um, don't do that. Yeah, just spreading the word is, is the only thing that we can ask of anybody. And I think there is perhaps a misconception that, um, you know, once the backer's put the funds in, we've hit the 100% funding target, so anything after that is is bonus, and that's true. But it also, it, it doesn't mean that we want our backers to then just go away and move on to the next project. We want them to stay involved, stay engaged, at least for the next 30 days until we can take it out of their hands and run off to the printers and do our bit. Um, For the next few weeks, it's more crucial than I think I can really emphasise that people get involved, thumb, like, share, talk about the game, ask questions. Asking a question about the game is as valid as saying, yay, this game looks brilliant, because it's keeping the... Signal boost, as Mark calls it, is keeping it out there, it's keeping it on people's radar. Um, and that's what we need, you yeah. know, that's 100% what we need. So, fingers crossed, that's my number one
2: thing. If people think that there's going to be thousands of retail copies swimming, you know, because there's something to be a misconception that, oh, just wait for retail, you know, and then they. Yeah, I'll leave it a year and then, but they might be, you know, like a lot of people who were trying to get a hold of Gloomer Killforth after the um, first campaign. They were like, oh, I can't actually find it, and it was sell, Sold out everywhere. So, and um, we yeah. can very much see that Lifeform might be in a very similar position as yeah. you know, And, 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 not and ma- the, the, Tristan's not a massive company. Um, so we're not going to be printing, you know, another 10,000 copies or anything. It's going to be the backers and a small amount on top. So if anybody's listening to yeah. this wondering whether they should back it yeah definitely that's much- <laughs> retweet yeah, as much as no, you no. like but definitely back it
1: and those retail orders yeah. are based on the success of the campaign as yeah, well that's so right. if, if everybody sat back and said I'll oh, wait for retail the, the game would never exist you know Um which is a sort of um chicken and egg type situation Um I understand some people would want to wait for retail but if there is a possibility that we you know wouldn't go to retail you wouldn't want to miss out and and it's also being a part of making it happen. You know, there, I think there's something to be said for that coming together as a community and making a creative project like this real, I think is a really cool f- position to be in from, a from obviously from a creative perspective, but from a backup perspective to get involved and, you know, be a part of it. Um, and hopefully um, that idea is already caught on, which is why we've been able to get as far as we have, but there's still a lot further we can go. And um, there's a lot of time left, but um, of, in the campaign, but all of the sharing and liking and and talking and chatter and noise on the internet that we can get is is hugely appreciated
0: do you feel um under a pressure self imposed pressure by essentially having a couple of games in production at once because you've got 1066 and you've got the reprint of um for us as well yeah yeah absolutely um,
1: um and i feel like uh, I have to devote myself 100% to each of those, you know, and the, I'm not sure if we mentioned last time on the show about how um, I refused to hit go on the Kickstarter until we could finally say all of the files for 1066 tears to many mothers have been received and sent off to the princes because then from that, from that moment, it's out of my hands, you know, there's nothing more I can really do with it. So it was important for me to show all of our 1066 backers that that project has had a hundred percent of us and will, continue to do so you know i'll be able to feed back on the proofs and everything and um, but to assure those guys that that's definitely in hand i think and hope that we've bought enough goodwill with the delivery of gloom and killforth that people know that when it arrives it's going to be of the highest quality that we could possibly deliver and um, and i think and hope that people see that about Lifeform as well and of course we still got gloom and killforth and the expansions is in a similar situation where um, in the next month or two, we'll have all of the final art. But from a game development point of view, that game is designed and ready and finished. And the only po- the only role I have in it up until we go to the printers is literally the artist sending me an email saying, here's a piece of art, and me saying, yeah, it's great, or no, it needs changing. And sort of trying to get that message across to our Glimmer Killforth backers um, that that's you know, with with all due respect, that is my role in in that process now. Um, I think that was was important to me as well, that people know that it's not like I'm juggling a thousand projects and can't handle them because they're effectively, from my point of view, parceled off. And because we're an indie company, because we're very small, to keep us alive and sustained, we're going to have to keep releasing games. You know, if people want us to continue, um, we will have to do it with more regularity. And that was one of the reasons I invested in Mark's game as well is because I'm not going to be able to make a game every six months. I don't think that's going to be, you know, the same sort of caliber as Glimmer Kill 1066. So if I want to grow the company um, in the long term, taking on other people's projects is going to help with that. It's going to help, you know, if I do a game a year, then um, somebody else's game every six months, you know, every other six months or whatever, then that's the way to keep the company breathing and to keep the funds flowing and keep the games coming out. Um, But yeah, any backer of any one of our projects needs to know with 100% certainty that each of those projects is its own complete project and has its own funding completely separate from the next one so that we fund our projects up front through Kickstarter. We don't use the next Kickstarter to fund the last one, which is obviously that's that's where trouble lies, <laughs> just, um, and yeah,
0: and trouble. Yeah, life. and we and I've seen that. I've seen
1: <laughs> other companies do that, and and it caused chaos. So, yeah, um, no, those things I need to be one hundred percent clear about. And I've tried to in the updates. I've tried to keep people abreast of where we're at in each game. We've got a slate graphic now that we use to show everybody where each of the games yeah. is at yeah. in the design process. Because I saw another great guy that I admire do that, and it just. You know, it opened a door in my mind. I was like, "That's how you do it. That's how you get across the um, the update to everybody of where each game is at." And I think as long as you as long as you're transparent on each game, on each project, and as long as you keep everyone up to date, I think hopefully we'll keep the goodwill of the backers, and that'll keep people coming back for more games.
0: Do you feel the way Hall or Nothing Productions is going that you? are are staying down the fairly serious kind of games. Like theme-wise, yeah. Yeah,
1: no, I do at the moment. I do um, because those are the games that interest me, and um, more often than not, the, you know, we have sacred Thursday night game night, and all the games that we play every Thursday are thematic games. Those are just the kinds of games that interest me. And that's not to say that I wouldn't play a game that doesn't fall into that category. I recently um, played through an entire campaign of Charterstone with my wife and son. So, you know, and it was lovely. It was, I mean, it was sort of chibi, big headed cartoon characters building a village together. And it was a really lovely uh, theme and everything. And it's probably not the kind of game that I'd play with my Thursday night game group. Um, But it is a game that I thoroughly enjoyed and, and, Enjoyed from a sort of storytelling perspective with the family, so I certainly wouldn't write it off as an option to produce like a, you know, a cutesy, ghibli uh, studios inspired type game, you know, uh, or something in the vein of like Nino Cooney or something like that. Um, but for the time being, there's a lot of darkness in my head that I want to get out in my own projects. So there's going to be there's going to be more sort of horror and uh, uh, like monsters and dark fantasy themed games before we before we get around to. You know, furballs and Pokémons, or whatever.
2: Exploding kittens too, so, or sleeping
0: queens <laughs> too, or something like that.
1: <laughs> Unless I had an IP, of course, yeah. in which case I'd would uh, sell out faster than you could say the word "sell out."
0: So we're not going to get the "my puppy picking his favourite biscuit" game <laughs> from you guys.
1: We could always retheme *Gloom and Kill* for *To My Little from Pony*, I suppose.
0: <laughs> so I always thought that'd be pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought Alex. I went. The toad licking puppy. <laughs> <laughs> there is there is a card in, in or, uh,
1: Gloomy Killforth called Dog Ninja, which always confuses people who aren't backers. That's my my handle on Board Game Geek is Ninja Dog, um, yeah, but like yeah. the people who don't get that are just like, oh, this breaks the theme of the game entirely, you know. And and so there are you know jokes like that 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 cause a very very minor backlash, um, but yeah, we could probably embrace that for a full game at some point, but. I'd see that maybe in the, in the future rather than anytime soon.
0: Are you now full time? Well, oh, that sounded quite high. Hello. Are you now Mrs. Darkfire? <laughs> um Hello, dear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> are you going to be working full time in the industry anytime, Mister Hall? That's
1: a hundred percent the plan. Um, but I am actually a freelance video producer, and that's I'm I'm still canvassing for work. So. It's not there yet, but the way that it works from my point of view is um, all of the funding for each project stays in the bank until every single cost is paid out. So I know, um, for example, I won't pay myself out of 1066, tears to many mothers, anything until everybody has their copy in hand. Um, And at that point, I'll sort of take what's left. And so that's how I kind of intend to run all of our projects to make sure that all of the funds are, you know, are, are dedicated to that project until it's finished uh, which puts me in a weird financial position because technically um i'm still a little bit reliant on the the video production stuff so um so yeah one day uh, i think once enough of these projects are behind me i'll be able to start cashing in kind of thing and and, and maybe yeah, take no. it full time um, but we're not we're not a multi million dollar company yet, so it's we're not at that level where I can go yay you know and do like a bath of cash or anything. Um, so I'm just 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 sort Instagram,
2: of taking an Instagram picture with a carpet bag filled with billfold. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, just you walking just you walking walk into the game store, going you know what I mean, more money, more money, and just like going there. <laughs> Just spread it out of the face and going, yes, I'll, I'll, take I'll take all of the games that you have and Spit them in the bag. No, that's just... No, these are 20s. 20s. Not even the plastic 10s. you know what I do with the plastic 10s? Use them for insulation in my loft. No use to me. One day, though, anyway.
1: you know... And maybe next year, Richard, we'll will readdress this point, and uh, you know you can have me back on the show, and I'll tell you how I'm driving uh, a golden Lamborghini, and uh, it's got a hot tub in the back and stuff, all from board uh, games uh, because uh, it's that kind of industry.
0: I have to, I just have to say, I'm, at the moment, I'm kind of probably more likely to get Mark on because he's my favourite. I'm just saying. So, <laughs> just... mine too. <laughs> do you know? Yeah, exactly. Everybody loves Mark today. I'm not sure. Peaceful.
2: I'm not as good at gathering my thoughts into coherent sentences as uh, Tristan is. That's
0: not, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm exactly the same, my darling. <laughs> <laughs> there's
1: nothing coherent about my sentences.
0: Um, guys, this is um, this is exciting times because I mean, you guys seem to be kind of hitting out the park, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens with the kind of the rest of the campaign. Um, <clears throat> at time that we are talking, um, you've got basically just under four weeks to go, which is a a long time considering where you guys are just now. You're at th- about thirty-seven thousand. You've hit almost eight hundred backers, so it's like you're a good, a good strong place where it seems like a vibrant and kind of active community. Um, I mean, what I'll do is I will obviously I'll stick the link for the um, Campaign in the show notes so that we've got notes to show. Um, as always. Um, but where can we find you is on the internet webs, gentlemen? I know it was only a couple of weeks ago, but it's like, you know I mean? Check my memory's that good. One of you is as Ninja Dog and the other one's Lullabud <laughs> or something like that. I can not remember <laughs>
1: Follows Lullabud. <Is> that right. <laughs> Just Google toad licking,
2: I'll come up. <laughs> <laughs> there's a picture of me somewhere with a huge fat warty toe don't worry, don't worry.
0: that's just <laughs> i just that's just a vision i don't want in my head because i know you have a slight beard or you have a beard, yes, beard I'm in my, it's and a face. it's a phase that's lasted about 18 months bits of bits of toad slime <laughs> in your face in your beard and you've slightly just poisoned yourself which is always always fantastic um no um if, uh, well as I say I'll put everything in the show notes so that we've got notes to show, best of luck with the campaign gentlemen as I say um, it's got chins wagon people are talking and, and, and there's a lot of um, excitement and possibilities and people are talking expansions and getting involved which is always is always fantastic um, and also thank you very very much for coming on
1: thanks for having us, it's yeah, always it a pleasure
0: it's good you know we didn't have to record using and tin cans and bits of string and harsh language <laughs> which is which is always good. Um if you wanna keep an eye on what we're doing, um <clears throat> by all means jump on to the various social media channels that we inhabit. Um I'm gonna I actually I'm just gonna do a quick shout out because um um Ian from the giant brain who was on um last month I believe um they've started their own podcast called Brainwaves, which is a kind of a mixture of kind of like reading articles and kind of like reading board game related news articles and it's kind of going down the kind of like the day-to-day type of vibe. So they're young, they're new. They're going to be another Scottish podcast, which means they're very, very important. So there's going to be about three of us, which is always good. Um, If you want to keep an eye on what we're up to and what we're doing, then as I say, Go to twitter you'll find us on we're not wizards you'll find us on um youtube at we're not wizards tabletop podcast you'll find us on facebook at we're not wizards you'll find us on all the pod the podcast places like spotify and stitcher and Spreaker and acast and apple podcasts as well and as we say if you have liked what you've listened to tonight Jump on to um, Apple Podcasts and drop us a subscription. That is always um, very helpful and very welcome. If you like us even more, please consider dropping us a rating or a review. You don't have to leave us any words. You just have to leave us a couple of stars. But as we say, don't give us ten stars because that makes us big-headed. But don't give us one. Because I'll end up looking like the, the life form <laughs> in this sports game. Because I'm a pretty ugly crier. And I had all my hair cut off and I look like I'm about to head into death row, it's not good. But um but <laughs> give us a five, because it's in the middle, and it's average, and we are very, very average, pretty average, very average, extremely average. But the people who have not been average tonight. The wonderful, the fantastic, Mark Chapman, Tristan Hall, Hall and Earth in Productions, look at life form, give it a butcher's Give it a scream, give it some money potentially up to you at the end of the day, but definitely give it a look. Um, but again, gentlemen, thank you very, very much for coming on. Um, two things to do. Remember we are many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, gentlemen?
1: No. <laughs>
2: <coughs> Which is <of> the medium. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And the second thing is to say goodbye. So it is a goodbye. Goodbye from Mark. Goodbye from Tristan. Say goodbye, gentlemen. Goodbye.
2: Goodbye.
0: And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe. Roll sixes. And um, sometimes in Kickstarter, everybody can see you pledge. <laughs> but until the next time. <laughs> you get those emails nowadays, you kind of go near nothing with like... <laughs> you are getting 15 emails saying all these folk have like just backed this thing and it's like what am i missing out on something you know fantastic but until the next time goodbye